Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Film Music Friday. I am your host, Aaron Smale. Well, here we are now in 2021, and midway through the first season of Film Music Friday. So I'd like to take a moment to thank all my listeners who've expressed their enjoyment at episodes 1 through 5, and I hope you'll all enjoy the rest of the season just as much, if not more. Today on Film Music Friday, we're doing another Top 10. This time, my Top 10 Animated Film Scores of All Time. Get ready for some nostalgia, folks, because I guarantee it's going to hit hard. This top 10 will follow pretty well the same format as the first top 10 I did on scores of the 2010s, but the criteria for this list will be slightly different. I'm still judging the score based on the degree to which the music stood out and moved me, and the degree to which it serves the artistic integrity of the film. But I'm also going to be taking into account the musical style, because they are all quite distinct, and I'll talk about that more in regard to each specific film. Let's get started. Number 10, Ocean Waves by Shigeru Nagata. I actually only watched this film from Studio Ghibli last year, and I instantly fell in love with the music and with the film itself. Ocean Waves was a made-for-TV movie produced by the younger members of the acclaimed Japanese animation studio in order to give them a project that would be cheaper and faster to make. It ended up being over-budget, behind-schedule, and it resulted in the film's director, Tomomi Misozuki, getting an ulcer, apparently due to all the stress. But back to the music. I find it enchanting at times, poignant, and a few of the tracks are just plain fun. It really stood out when I watched it, and subsequent times when I watched it, and it also totally serves the artistic integrity of the film. It doesn't overpower the story, which can happen with animation, though usually with good reason. I'd say the musical style draws on western music for sure, but Nagata gives it a unique sound, a mix of musical worlds, and though a bit dated by today's standards, I love it all the same. Ocean Waves is on Netflix if you're looking to watch it, and I highly recommend you do. Number 9, Wally by Thomas Newman. I remember watching Wally in theaters with my parents. It came out in 2008, so I must have been in the 4th or 5th grade. I loved it then, and I have fond memories of it, I'm sure it would hold up. 
is a Disney Pixar film, and Thomas Newman composed this wonderful score. It's an example of a film where I remembered a bunch of the pre-composed music they put in the film, like Louis Armstrong's La Vie en Rose, and also remembered parts of Newman's score. They struck a really nice balance, I think. One of Newman's strengths, and something that has to be a strength of any film composer, is the ability to create atmosphere through your music, and Thomas Newman does this so well in all his films. Particularly interesting in WALL-E, with a big part of the film taking place in outer space, Newman has successfully given us atmosphere in a place where there is no atmosphere. Pretty incredible, I'd say. (laughs) But all joking aside, one of the things I really appreciate with animated film scoring, particularly with Disney Pixar films, is that they merge elements of human life with toys, with bugs, with monsters, with fish, with cars, with robots, you name it. And for the composer to successfully support an audience caring for the toy, the bug, the monster, the car, etc., the music has to be right, and Thomas Newman delivers in WALL-E. Moving on. Number 8, Brave, by Patrick Doyle. I'm going to get it out of the way now, I have Scottish roots, so I'm particularly partial to a movie with a cast of Scottish icons such as Billy Connolly, Kevin McKidd, Kelly MacDonald, Robbie Coltrane, and Craig Ferguson, along with composer Patrick Doyle. Doyle himself lending his voice to the film, too. I can't get enough of the Scottish flair in this score. Between the Celtic rhythms and the careful use of pipes and drums, it's a great example of the use of a particular style to wonderful effect. Doyle also conveys the beauty of the Scottish landscape, again, even showing us the beauty of an animated landscape through the music. Doyle's use of the pipes, Celtic whistles, and fiddles gives it a decidedly folky vibe, but with the backing of the orchestra, it really finds itself worthy of a great animated score. So it absolutely stood out and moved me, I think it completely serves the artistic integrity of the film overall, and because of its Scottishness, its greatest strength is its style. And with that, I'd say Doyle's score, in my opinion, is one of the best animated film scores from Disney Pixar in recent years, having come out in 2012. Number 7, Toy Story by Randy Newman. What's not to love about Toy Story? For me, one of the many things to love about it is the music. 
with songs and score by Randy Newman, cousin of Thomas Newman, whom I mentioned earlier. Again, it's an example of music helping us, the audience, care so much about toys, tapping into the inner child in all of us. There are many great instances where the music is so vital, but one of the things that makes this score so great is Newman's blending of the songs into the score. A prime example is in the song, I Will Go Sailing No More, when partway through the song is when Buzz tries to escape Sid's house by flying out the window because he believes he can fly. No, it can't be true. I can fly if I wanted to. Like a bird in the sky. If I believe I can fly. Why I You can hear musically when Buzz is falling to the ground and the sad moment heightened with the lyrics, Clearly I will go sailing no more. It's quite a powerful moment, and notice Newman's use of the metaphor of sailing for when Buzz is yearning to fly. It's an interesting contrast, and I think it works really well here. Newman's score really stood out and moved me, of course, and I think his sound, both in the songs and in the instrumental score, really contribute to the suburban Americana that lives inherently within Toy Story. And so, that being said, Newman's musical style is also perfect for the film. I can confidently say that Toy Story has got a friend in me. Number 6 Spirited Away by Joe Hisaishi Like Ocean Waves, I didn't watch Spirited Away until either last year or the year before, so I was able to watch it as a young adult for the first time, and I was so taken with how deep the film is and the power Joe Hisaishi's music has in supporting the incredible story. At times, the music is meditative and allows for pause in the action when necessary, and conversely, Hisaishi excels in supporting the heavier, more pivotal moments with fitting musical underscoring. Like this example in an iconic scene when we see Chihiro on the train traveling across the shallow water. It's a melancholy and calm scene filled with music and reflection.
So it's really a couple minutes of peace for the audience as we just take in the beauty of the ride as it goes from day into night. Overall, Hisaishi's music absolutely stood out and it serves the artistic integrity very, very well. And as for style, well, like all the distinct yet unifying features of Miyazaki films, the music tends to follow suit, as well it should, making Spirited Away a film worth watching and a score well worth taking in. Number 5, Up by Michael Giacchino. Up is one of the great animated films of the 21st century, I believe, with Giacchino's score winning him an Oscar for Best Original Score. I can't remember when I first watched it, but I remember being moved by the score, as happens with virtually any Disney Pixar film. So with Up, Giacchino really capitalizes on a cohesive style that I believe comes from the protagonist, Carl, being an elderly man and the musical style he would have listened to in, say, his youth. The music is closest to 1930s jazz or swing. It's more evolved than the Dixieland style of the 1920s, but it's not quite the big band swing sound of the 1940s. Naturally, being an adventure story of sorts, the film demands an expansion on that musical style, as seen in this example called Carl Goes Up, when he has all the balloons that lift his house off the ground. Giacchino sweetly captures the absurd majesty of the situation. There's still an element of the sadness that Carl is doing it alone rather than with his wife Ellie who has passed away. I think one of the things that makes it so successful as a score is its situational versatility and its reliance on a great little leitmotif that we first hear in the montage called Married Life, the very sad moments that tell us so much about Carl and Ellie. Like with Toy Story, Giacchino captures a certain Americana in his score, especially with regards to the spirit of adventure found in the story. So, overall, the music stood out and moved me, it undeniably serves the artistic integrity, and the style is well established with good reason behind it. The music in Up is well worth showing up for. Number 4 Ratatouille by Michael Giacchino Another Michael Giacchino classic, and it's the original film of the recent TikTok musical hit, Ratatouille. I remember loving this film when it first came out, 
and Giacchino is a master of style, so it's no surprise that this score has a French flavor that would rival all the dishes of Ratatouille on Earth. It's in the instrumentation, in the style, in the time signature, as Giacchino at times favors a waltz tempo akin to that heard on an accordion while roaming the streets of Paris, perhaps. Then just when you think you've got that figured out, he goes and adds swing to it, serving up French charm with a hint of jazz, as is in this example called A New Deal. So, just so we're all on the same page, Disney Pixar successfully romanticized rats living in Paris and cooking in a kitchen, no less. This score absolutely stood out and moved me. It serves the artistic integrity of the film complètement, and stylistically, it's perfect, comedic, charming, French, underscoring the film's message that anyone can cook. What's not to love? Ugh, I need to get back to France. Number 3, Kiki's Delivery Service by Joe Hisaishi. Another one from Studio Ghibli and scored by maestro Joe Hisaishi. Kiki's delivery service is just so charming, and it explores themes of transitioning to adolescence, vulnerability, and independence, among others. Hisaishi's music completely supports these themes, in my opinion. The plot centers on Kiki, a girl of 13 from a village of witches who has now reached the stage of trainee, where she gets her own broomstick, and along with her comically sarcastic black cat, Gigi, she looks to start a new life for herself in the port city of Koriko, which looks very European in its style. She soon meets Osono, who owns a bakery, and in exchange for accommodation, Osono employs Kiki in a witch delivery service part of the business. Hisaishi captures the whimsy of such a situation with this piece aptly titled, Flying Delivery Service. Again, one of the powers of animated films is that they have this ability to make us, the audience, completely buy into the situation and the stakes at hand, tapping into the inner child in us that accepts whatever we're given. Like, yep, she's a 13-year-old witch. Yep, she's flying on a broomstick. And yep, she talks to her cat. No need for probable thinking or questioning or the realism of any of it. 
and that's partially due to the music helping us along. The music totally stood out and moved me, the artistic integrity is carried through beautifully, and stylistically, it couldn't be better. Kiki's delivery service is well worth a watch, and as for the music, well, Joe Hisaishi absolutely delivered on all aspects. Number 2, The Lion King by Hans Zimmer. Ah, The Lion King. Probably one of the most epic Disney stories, and I'm talking about the original 1994 version, of course. Hans Zimmer won an Oscar for this score, with songs provided by Elton John and Tim Rice. I can't remember a time when I didn't know what The Lion King was, and I absolutely love it still. The opening crimson sunrise with the circle of life in the opening scene is burned into my memory from an early age, where it still happily resides. Zimmer's score is so infectious, from the chaotic underscoring to the wildebeest stampede to the remember-who-you-are scene, where Simba speaks to Mufasa's spirit in the clouds, which you'll remember we looked at in detail in episode 4 as an example of underscoring under dialogue. This example of underscoring, titled Mufasa Dies, is so well written that listening to it on its own brings the humanity of the moment right to the tragic forefront, in a child discovering and processing the death of their father. The heart of the Lion King, I believe, is that we only grow up to become our true selves through change, and Zimmer's score is a wonderful soundtrack to that journey. Without getting too political, on January 20th, I'm actually going to play the end of the track called The Rightful King, which occurs when Simba returns to restore some dignity to Pride Rock. Not unlike Joe Biden returning to the White House, but that's just me. Well, as Scar would put it, the score to the Lion King is to die for. Now before we get to my number one favorite animated film score of all time, some honorable mentions. Porco Rosso by Joe Hisaishi. Finding Nemo by Thomas Newman.
My Neighbor Totoro by Joe Hisaishi. Monsters Inc. by Randy Newman. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse by Daniel Pemberton. And at number one, The Incredibles by Michael Giacchino. While I couldn't pick a favorite film, The Incredibles is in my top five at least, and the score is in fact number one. It's a treasure trove of mid-20th century superhero spy thriller mystery styles. I'd say it's Giacchino's most sophisticated score, and the tight-knit swing pieces in the score are truly incredible. Between the leitmotifs and the instrumentation, there is never a dull moment in this adventure. One of my favorite pieces in the score happens during the purposefully cheesy montage partway through the film, when Bob, aka Mr. Incredible, is doing contract work fighting the droids on Omanasan Island and everything's going smoothly in life, as it sounds in this piece called Life's Incredible Again. perfectly scored piece to play when everything's coming up roses. Some of the pieces that follow are sophisticated enough to sound like they could be out of a classy dinner scene in a James Bond film, like this one called Off to Work.
One of the pieces I think will ring a bell is this one called Kronos Unveiled, when Bob finds the computer in Syndrome's base and enters the password he found underwater that simply read Kronos. He unveils all the supers that have perished before him to different Omnidroids and sets out to stop the cycle with the realization that the next one is headed for the city. Man, I'm telling you, the nostalgia is real. Once again, a display of the genius that is Michael Giacchino, my respect for his work evident that I've included three of his scores in the top ten here today. And I've been a fan of his ever since The Incredibles, really. Well, to put that in perspective, I saw The Incredibles when I was six years old. These are, after all, animated films mainly for children. But hey, if the music is anything to go by, they're great fun at any age. And besides, they got to amuse the parents of the kids, too. Well, there you have it, folks, my top 10 animated film scores of all time. I hope you enjoyed the list and got a nice, healthy dose of nostalgia. I know I did. Whew! I hope you enjoyed this episode of Film Music Friday, and as always, if you like hearing me talk about film music on Fridays, be sure to follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and share far and wide on social media. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay well, my friends. This has been Film Music Friday, the podcast, and I am your host, Aaron Smale. Thanks for listening.